1: I'm Jamie Carragher and you are listening to the Kopite podcast.
0: what is happening everyone welcome back to the copy podcast this is the nottingham forest preview it is mick as always and i'm joined once again after a he hasn't been on for a for a couple of weeks or i mean i'm losing track of time as i'm getting older it might be a couple of months actually but it is jamie jamie how are you doing
1: oh mick i'm great excited to be back on the copy podcast get back to talking these reds um everything is good and things could be a lot better come uh 12 o'clock my time tomorrow over in Boston. If uh Liverpool take the three points against Nottingham Forest, yeah, it's uh, it's it feels like another like massive game. I think
0: to lose when you go to Europa League games at home, it doesn't feel like the same as like a obviously a Premier League game and a Champions League game. But it would after the game, I felt like that was a good step with the amount of changes we made eight changes and then. Trying to build on that after the derby, going into into this one, I think it's like a just for Liverpool to start getting a rhythm. I feel like is is quite key because we've seen in, in previous seasons with very different Liverpool sides that once Liverpool start to get on a bit of a run and um, are able to make those changes that we need to keep people fresh. I feel like we can go and get get onto a. A good vein of form. I feel like we're hopefully starting to see that. I think the Spurs and Brighton results aside, which are both difficult away games, I think we've been we've been terrific this season. And and, and tomorrow is another, it's another massive chance for for players to come back in and and just keep us keep the the red machine ticking along, isn't it?
1: Yeah, no. Nottingham Forest is not an easy side to to deal with, so they're definitely a team that should be respected and not taken lightly. Um, even though they don't have as many wins in their win column, they have more wins and draws than they do losses, which is kind of the divide at that point in the table. And I think 10 or 11 points with, I think, Bright, Brentford just ahead of them. Um, and I think they've only lost to Arsenal, City, and Manchester United for for whatever it's worth. But as you said, you know, these these couple of fixtures and pockets of games that we've played in post international break, getting two wins on the bounce and and just trying to get um, you know the, the the good feelings back uh, f- for Liverpool. I mean, around this time last year, uh, almost exactly a year ago, um, I believe on the twenty second of October we had lost to Nottingham Forest one nothing. So what three hundred sixty five days can do for a difference in morale. Um, all around the club and and in the supporter base, so it's it's a really everyone's everyone's getting g'd up for games now, which is amazing. Yeah, and I mentioned like yesterday with Evan, like we were talking about the midfield and how
0: it's been like so drastically changed. And I posted like a little clip of our show back in July where we were talking about the the arrivals of the new midfield and how the, the strikers are going to be scoring loads of goals and how we're excited about how it looks going forward. And we've we've already started to see great signs of that already. Of course, at that time, we were predicting what was a positive, hopefully going to be a positive outcome. And in the very short amount of games we've seen so far, the players that we've got, the likes of Soberstein, Graven Birch more recently, and McAllister playing in the six. um, Even Endo, who's performed very well against Toulouse, there's there's great signs of, like I mentioned, like having to having good players, but also having great players in in reserve as well who can come in and the are fighting for positions and and the amount of top quality we've got in there, even especially in the forward line as well. You don't know who's going to play, but even even if you are surprised by it, maybe a jota comes in or someone else comes in, it's not like you're worried. You just you you you're get you're again excited by how. Just how good Liverpool can be, in those type of those link ups that we're starting to see between certain sets of players like Nunes and Salah, which has been cultivating for for a while now, with with Nunes getting eight eight assists for Salah in his in his career so far. But it's those type of link ups and, and and the strength and depth, which is which is exciting as well, isn't it?
1: No, for sure. And I mean, you know, depending on how you look at it, you could even consider it to be an assist for uh, Ryan Gravenberg the other day if you hundred percent logic of off the meant that <laughs> <laughs> but even even um, Curtis Jones and Harvey Elliott as well, it feels like um, lots of players from last season who we wanted to see take the next step. Nunes obviously getting settled in. Curtis Jones now more on his own. Harvey Elliott now more on his own. With this new look, Liverpool 2.0, there's so many players who have stepped up. And with the new signings that have come in, I really think that there's obviously a learning curve and they're getting better, but I don't think that you could ask for the squad to have gelled more quickly in the way that it's done. And there's still so much room for improvement. But from what we've already seen, Klopp looks revitalized. Virgil van Dijk looks revitalized. um, Mohamed Salah is as consistent as ever. I mean, that finish against Toulouse I think goes really under the radar for how beautiful, efficient, and and just characteristic of what an absolutely deadly finisher he is. And so with this new team, so to speak, it's just a pleasure and a joy to watch every time they come out because you know that there will be goals. I think the only thing we're waiting for now is more consistency defensively with with clean sheets and limiting these little errors because we still have that niggling aspect of of going one nil down once every two or three games depending on the run, yeah, I think that's yeah you spot on like there's there's times where
0: i guess new system new players and because everyone's adapted so so well you can't you know you don't expect perfection but you'd expect a Near perfection when when the likes of Sobisly are on the field and you've got Trent in there and of course that I always just think of the Brighton game where Van Dyke plays it into McAllister and it's a bit of a a car crash of a scenario really where, where Brighton end up scoring from it and Allison's um, of course not expecting it and they score from it but it's little things like that where if you can eliminate those slight errors and and every and most of the midfield are, are brand new so it, it's still it's again it's still early days and but the signs that we're seeing are. Are very promising, and and you mentioned before about Forest and how they're doing. Apparently, we I haven't heard from their manager in the last couple of days, but apparently Tewo and um Oyarregui, so both former Reds are going to be out of this one, which I think is is very good news for us. I mean, if it was away from home, like you mentioned with the previous fixture last season, um, Tewo was was a man possessed. That I, I mentioned that yesterday, like how I've never seen Kanate struggle. Quite as much as he did against him in terms of like a physical battle, he was, he's a he's a he's a he's a beast and he he's a, a physical presence. And if they're without him, I feel like it's a it's a big sigh of relief from from our point of view in terms of who we're going to start. But if who who are you thinking then in terms of lineup? Because I mentioned like Canate struggled a little bit against Teo with But if he's out, I'm just going to read you. The um the lineup for um the Everton game, which we which we played recently, um so we had Allison in goal, we had Trent Canate, Van Dyke, and Simicas, midfield three of Zoboy McAllister and Gravenberg, and then a forward three of Salah, Diogo Jota, and Lewis Diaz. Are you thinking any changes to that for the for the Forest game?
1: If there's um potential changes, I think. It could be at left back because I know that Klopp had mentioned Joe Gomez can play the position. Um, So I don't imagine that he would say something like that unless it was a realistic possibility that Gomez could be there as cover or as uh, a starting uh, deputy. Um, It's hard to say because we're at the point of the season where every single Premier League game in this scenario, we, we really should be going as, as full strength as possible, I feel. Um, and just to respect the Premier League as, as much as we possibly can above above all else. Um, yeah, I think up top as well, um, Nunez, Jota and Gakpo all will probably be in contention uh, for the, the centre-forward spot um, I, I I think Klopp likes to have the option of Nunes on the bench because of what he can do to tired legs in a second half. But in, in in the same breath, Nunes can also be effective from the start. So it's it's a real toss up. I think the only positions of where things might change could be maybe. Jota comes in on on the left wing and either Nunes or, or or Gakpo starts or Diaz is on the left wing and either Nunes got, uh, Gakpo or Jota in the middle and then uh left back Costa Simicas or Joe Gomez and then everything else probably the same uh from from last time out against Everton.
0: Yeah, I think the Gomez one at left back's an interesting one because obviously Robertson's going to be out for and Klopp hasn't put a time frame on it because it's it, it's going to be a long time. But Simicas has been an able deputy, and I don't think he's been as good when uh, this season and compared compared to what he was maybe last year when he we have seen yeah. him in the side. Um, but I think Gomez. I think especially with this new setup where Trent drops inside alongside McAllister, if he's at the six. Then you've yeah, you I've got basically a back three of Canate, Van Dijk, and Gomez. Which I mean, on paper, it's ideal because there's a lot of pace there. There's, ha- there's they're all over six foot. They're all physically yeah. strong. Um. Yeah, I think the only thing, the only question is maybe Joe Matter does because jo- I said it again yesterday to Evan like I'm, I'm I keep being surprised by I guess we're being clever with Kanate because he does pick up quite a lot of injuries and we've kept yeah. him on the bench a few times even when he's fit and but I think that's also a testament to Joel Matip, isn't it because I think there was question marks about m- whether maybe he's I don't know. His his um, ability is less than that. Of course, that happens slightly as you get a bit older, but the experience and how well he's adapted to, to that new system, playing basically as a right-back when we've got this new system, I feel like he's 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 done very well. And I think keeping Canati out the side on merit more than anything as well.
1: Yeah, and I don't think we can understate the difference in the workload from this uh this year's team compared to last year's teams in terms of if you have Henderson and Fabinho in the midfield versus Soboslai, McAllister, Gravenberg, Jones, all much younger, uh can get around the pitch more. I think it's night and day the workload that Joe was that lots of players were were getting asked to to um to put out last season compared to this year. I feel like I haven't articulated that in the best possible way, but I feel like the center backs have slightly less to do um, this time around because lots of pressing and and putting out fires before they get to your house has happened much more efficiently with the pressing that we've been able to do this year in comparison to last year. So uh, I'm not surprised that Joe's form has taken an uptick. Yeah, I think
0: it's, it's, I mean, it's great news for us because I feel like we were, before the season started, we were all, I mean, I, I guess the majority of us were hoping for another centre-back and the Matip's upturn in form and Gomez coming back into the side and Touchwood staying injury-free and performing really well. I thought he was really good against Toulouse again, even having to, even having to go to right-back and we know we can play left-back as well. Uh, but also Kwanza coming into the side, I think he's provided himself as a, as an able deputy, so I think there's there's plenty of options, and it's I think that's the key because in I guess years gone by we've had options in certain areas and we've been strong, and you you kind of knew the lineup, and if we had everyone fit, we'd be fine. But I feel like this season, if someone was like like Curtis Jones has got a re, got a red card and Graven Birch and other players have came in and stepped up to the plate and kind of filled the void, and I feel like in maybe in seasons gone by that wouldn't have maybe happened as efficiently with the drop-off might have been a little bit a bit deeper than it, than it has been this season i think that's why liverpool are i mean in terms of the league table were six points behind spurs because obviously they played played yesterday but we can then go three points behind them city are only on one point ahead of us arsenal are only one point ahead of us and it's quite tight up there but i feel like after after nine games if after 10 games we're on 23 points i feel like that is a I think that's a massive statement, and again, it, it comes back to, for me, the, the midfield overhaul. Like that, we knew the players were leaving, but we, to lose for being on Henderson, and then to bring in the players we have done, and for them to adapt so quickly, I mean, there's, like, like we said with McAllister, there's there's been some negative part of that because he's playing in a different position, but there's been so much to be excited about, hasn't he? In terms of that midfield and just the options we've got on there with Harvey Elliott and. Coming off the bench and being just a just a perfect bench option, you like you mentioned Nunes being a bench option. I feel like Javier Elliott has been not as good starting starting games, but when he comes off the bench, he just knows the drill. He knows exactly what he's doing, and he's just got that ability to get on the ball and kind of just keep us ticking over. And there's that that's what that's what I'm quite excited about how that kind of shapes itself going forward.
1: No, a thousand percent. And seeing in 21-22, the way that Klopp was able to structure the rotations for the different competitions was immaculate because he gave so many players purpose and uh, a sense of fulfillment. And it manufactured these deep cup runs and being able to get to the last day of the season with a chance of winning all four competitions It it is a great testament to Jurgen as a man-manager. It's a great testament to the way that the squad has been built. And it's obviously a testament to the players who go out and do it on the pitch and perform at the highest levels. And, you know, the thing I want to talk about that you just touched on, Mick, is 23 points from uh, 30 if we get um, the win on, on Sunday, if I'm correct. That's not without saying the absolute storm of adversity that Liverpool had to come through in so many games this season with the amount of daft weird red cards and winning from losing positions I mean for God's sake I I I still we're not going to talk about it but I still cannot fathom how we ended up losing that Spurs game because we were the better team with 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 10 men on, on on with nine men on the field it's 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 actually ridiculous how much they've overcome until this point and they 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 don't look faced by much. They look ready to they look like um, with all due respect to the Europa League and we're there on merit because we had an absolutely torrid 60% of last season uh, but we look like a Champions League team in in Europa League. And so um, this is definitely a team built to win now. Sabaslai has touched on it in interviews. He wants to try and go after all four competitions. And I don't believe he's blowing smoke when he says it because I see the way in which this team's confidence has been elevated in just the short quarter of a season that we've seen so far. And it's gotten the supporters going and getting everyone believing again that, that something will be possible this year. And that doesn't happen without... Legitimate results on the field to give you that feeling.
0: Yeah, because I feel like when you like when we had, like we done a show back in July and we were talking about like being excited about the midfield. It, it's it's hard to predict. Like, is it is it just a a good start? Is it going to be something that maybe fades away? But and we still don't know that. But I think, like you said, from the signs that we've seen, it seems like a it's been Liverpool have just been rejuvenated by the people that have have left and the players that have come in and just got on board with everything that Liverpool want to do and the players that we've got, like Dykes of Van Dijk getting captain and changing a few bits, Trent being vice-captain and captain and against Toulouse, Zobis like coming in and basically being Trent's best mate now. And uh, obviously striking up a very good um, relationship off the field and I think on the field as well, being in a similar position on the field. There's there's plenty to be excited about. And like you said, like rightly referencing the Spurs game, the amount of red cards... If we get 20 if we've got 23 points out of 30 come tomorrow it's it's massive how um we we've we've counterbalanced the like you said the adversity and, and got through at the other end because I think last year any sniff of <laughs> adversity we were we, we crumbled at the first possible moment and I feel like this this season I, I and I always think about this the the Newcastle game because the fact that we came back in that game in Nunes just was that was like a trademark uh, moment for him hopefully that we look back on that and look back and go that was the moment where he just kind of breathed new life into I mean he didn't have to do it into his own, his own career because I think he's got a, a confidence in his own ability but in terms of making everyone else believe that he's he's good enough for this league and he's good enough to um score goals for us because I think he's been he's been absolutely tremendous and like you said if, even if he starts or he's on the bench he's always he's he's a threat always and I think that's a it's just a, it's a massive uh, positive for us, um, but yeah. So, do you, do you think Nunez will start then tomorrow? Is that do you, do you think, or because I just feel like I would just always just go right home, home game. Let's just just go Salah, nunes Diaz, because I just feel like try and get the game won early. But then there's there's the Gakpo coming back and um, Jota getting a lovely
1: goal. So there's problems, but nice problems. Yeah, I mean. I know Nunes had been managing a little, I think it was like a cramp or something from the, the last international break. So um, maybe there's, uh, you know, going to be a little bit of a, a balancing of, of minutes over the course of this uh, sort of block of games. So with Klopp, I, I think there's always the chance of, you know, he tries to listen to the doctors and, and give players as much rotation as he possibly can while keeping the squad as as strong as he can but um I think this is probably a game for Darwin Nunez to start um I would love to see him just absolutely get into a rich run of form where obviously in the Toulouse game you you see you see Darwin Nunez encapsulated where he's got a great striker's finish um, just buries it top bins from about seven, eight yards with the angle with the left foot. And it's the only way it's the only way it placed that the ball could go to score in that scenario. And he finds it seemingly with ease, doesn't even really have a celebration. And then he's got the the situation where he rounds the goalkeeper and decides, yeah, you know, I'm just going to have a wall pass off the post to Ryan Gravenberg for, <laughs> for a nice goal for him. Um, but no, I, I want to see him get to the point where, there's a run of three to five games. He's scoring every game. He's not missing any chances where you say he should have scored. And for the rest of the season, then he's got a blueprint and a, a base of, you know, I'm Darwin Nunez. I, I'm going to score all the chances that come my way that I reasonably should because he probably does about half of the chances that he probably should. And it's already a lot of goals. So imagine when he gets into that 80 90% efficiency tier, He's gonna be he's gonna be wild. And the other thing about Darwin is you just love watching him play, don't you? Whenever he gets on the field, it's just like what's this guy gonna do?
0: Yeah, it's um like am mentioned it like yesterday again, like when when he scores, it's like you celebrate one point five that, that you would normally just cause just because the cause of the man and like cause he's been wrote off and social media being what it is, he's just been torn to pieces and I think the, the miss against Toulouse. I think if that happens last year, of course it goes mad on socials about like how he's he's fucking up again and whatever else. And eighty five million down the drain, except all all the usual shite, But the lads ran straight over him. Trent went straight over to him. Was obviously laughing and going, "Yeah, you don't you don't basically done all the hard work. The going round the goalie, the the, the turn round, the little clip around the defender where he took her inside. That was." Beautiful. So so silky, so silky. Just needed to take a little breath and go right. Take another touch, just pass this into the net. But I think all the signs and a clock reference that after the game, like he's he won't be worried about that. He was he was more ha- excited and happy by how he, he took those steps to get to the goal, um, yes. and then to, to give Graham Birch a goal as well was always nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, then what? So before we go, what are you thinking in terms of score predictions? Because you mentioned like Forest of. I mean, they're, they're not doing as well as that they'd hope, but they've they've lost to maybe the teams that you'd expect them to lose to, and
1: coming to Anfield, um, yeah. What do what you think? score wise, you know, I'd take three points just if you offered it to me in just about any fashion, with the exception of, of no injuries to any Liverpool players, um, or but, red cards, or red cards. <laughs> but um, I want a clean sheet. And I'd like to see three goals, Um, you know, just because I'm a selfish Liverpool fan that wants to indulge myself every time the Reds walk out. No, but um, it's getting to that point in the season where you want to see more good performances than okay performances or performances where you just get by. If you go away to anywhere in the Premier League and you have a scrappy 1-0 or 2-1, you take it and you move on. But at home, you want to build that, consistency of being able to not only win but turn out good performances and so uh, I really want to see us you know take take advantage of the situation and and enjoy our football and and get on a, a good run before the next international break and we play Manchester City and this is a game that when you earmark you have to win if you're Liverpool you have to win this game yeah definitely
0: I mean I've I think I've won for 2-0 in the group chat I'm just I just feel like yeah consecutive 2-0s in consecutive games I will absolutely take it and again I agree like clean sheets we need to it just breeds a bit of confidence as well it's like right we've got a few a couple of games here we've got a clean sheet we've got the goals and even if you concede one here and there it's not the end of the world but I feel like in these Premier League games if you can just keep a clean sheet and even if you win 2-0 even 1-0 I feel like that's would be a massive. I mean, um, Alison Beck would be first and foremost, absolutely made up to get more clean sheets. But uh, I feel like it'd help that that defence as well. The, the the new, the newest. I was going to say new setups It's not new now, but it's, it's newish still. But the, and especially with new players and there, like Simicass coming in, um, who doesn't play too often, and matter getting more games in the side. So yeah, hopefully Liverpool can. Yeah, I take a I mean like you said, I take I take any victory as long as there's no dodgy VAR decisions or red cards or injuries. But um we know there's gonna be at least something that goes wrong because the it isn't a game of footy and it's not even a Liverpool game of footy. There's not a Premier League game of footy where something doesn't go wrong. So yeah, we'll we'll see. But hopefully it's as smooth as it can be um for the Reds tomorrow. Fingers crossed. But just before we go to and I just want to say thanks, Jamie, for jumping on. I know it's Doing this quite early in the morning and it's especially early for you, five five in the morning. But I just wanted to ask you how the um how the coaching was going over in Boston.
1: Oh, oh, you know, I, I apologize to the listeners just because of uh, you know, waking up, maybe my answers might not have been as, as fast as they should have been. But um, not coaching is good. My team uh, that I coach at Somerville were the 15th ranked team in our state. Uh, we finished up our regular season with 14 wins, one tie and two losses. And so uh, the last game that we played and several other, other teams have to play, um, the rankings will solidify. But obviously, the higher up we go, the better chances and seeding that we'll get in the playoff bracket. So uh, it's the time of year where Somerville is uh, going for a state championship. So um, I'm made up and hoping the boys can uh, can get something done this year. Yeah, so you've posted a few bits in the um in the group chat about like a few goals that you've uh, been scored.
0: and I was like, "Yeah, that is like that is nice stuff." And you're like, "Yeah, please, Liverpool, let's let's score some of them goals." But I think <laughs> it's yeah, testament to obviously a very good, a very good coaching um system that you've got going there. But yeah, I'm, I'm made up for you. Hopefully, you can keep it up, mate. I'm 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 hopeful for you. Um, but yeah, thanks very much for jumping on, Jamie. Really. Really do appreciate it. If you're not following Jamie on Twitter, um, then go and do it. Um, I'll put the um, all the details in the description on the on the show. So if you want to go and follow him, then you can do because he talks a lot of sense and he's a good fella. Uh, so go and give him a follow. Um, but, yeah, nice one, Jamie, for jumping on very early over in Boston. Thank we, you, No, I always love to come on. Thank you so much. No worries. Um, but, yeah, nice one for jumping on. Nice one, everyone, for listening. And we'll see you all very soon. Nice one. I'm Jamie Carragher, and you are listening to the Kopite Podcast.
1: Network.